welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So we need to talk about the Rob Bell controversy, because even though the sort of headline-grabbing issue of Rob Bell is passed just a little bit, uh, the crisis of faith, the crisis of theology that Rob Bell represents is going to be with us for a long time. Now, I realize that some of you who aren't evangelicals, I've got a lot of listeners and a lot of folks who pay attention to my website who aren't Christians and aren't believers and aren't evangelicals, that they are Christians and so on. So, so be patient with us. This, this is important in the course of the state of Christianity in America today. Um, and so therefore, it's important to you also. But I realize that some of this arcania might not be something that you're familiar with. So just hang with us here for a minute. Rob Bell wrote a book called Love Wins. Um, and basically, fundamentally, it was a book that advocates the idea of universalism. Now, what is universalism? Uh, universalism, which also is known in Christian theology as ultimate reconciliation, uh, is the idea that ultimately everybody in the world gets reconciled to God. Now, the, the traditional opinion about this is that only those who believe on Jesus Christ, who confess faith in him, who believe he died for their sins on the cross and rose from the dead again and lives now at the right hand of God and you know it rules over their life, well, only those who, who believe those things and ask Jesus to be Lord of their lives um, are, are in fact Christians. That's been the traditional view uh, throughout most, most history. And it's the traditional view because in the four gospels of the New Testament, that's pretty much what Jesus says. And so Throughout church history, the idea was you believe on Jesus Christ, you're saved. You not only have what we jokingly call fire insurance, which means you're not going to hell in the next life, uh, but it also means that you're living uh, sort of a life connected to spiritual realities and eternity now. And, And all of that is very transforming and all of that is very precious to Christians. Well, Rob Bell has joined a group of people who have existed from time to time through history in advocating the idea that you do not need to, quote unquote, get saved in this life. Uh, You do not need to even know who Jesus is in this life. You don't even need to be a Christian in this life. Ultimately, even in the next life, God will somehow in his love and in his grace reconcile you to himself. Okay? So this is ultimate reconciliation. In fact, I think that's a better term for it all than uh, than universalism, but but whatever. I'll use the, the, the term that's used today. Universalism. And so Rob Bell, a young pastor who works with the Mars Hill Network of Churches around the country and around the world, uh, very kind of young, cool, intellectual type pastor, has graduate degrees, um, very articulate, very good looking, um, very well spoken. Um, he has written some other books that sort of put, put put their finger in the eye of the church, sort of sort of picked on the church for some of its traditionalism and its lack of regard for the poor and its you know its cultural accoutrements and things like that. All of which was fine with me. But when he wrote this book, he took on a major doctrine of the Christian faith, and in my view, he undermined the gospel. Now, let me just tell you that that's this is not just Stephen Mansfield's you know radical and you know fundamentalist type opinion. I'm not a fundamentalist. Um, I should tell you that as early as 553, the Fifth Ecumenical Council ruled that ultimate reconciliation was heresy. Um, Today, uh, every major Roman Catholic, every major Anglican, every major Reformed, every major Evangelical, uh, every major Pentecostal Charismatic scholar has ruled Rob Bell's theology as heresy even though the book, of course, has topped the bestseller lists and Rob Bell appeared on the cover of Time here not too long ago. 
So all of this has been has been very, very uh, interesting and, and much astir. Now, what has concerned me, quite frankly, is not so much that Rob Bell has taught universalism. I mean, there are always teachers of doctrines at odds with the Christian gospel in every generation. Sometimes they're within the church. Sometimes they're without the, outside of the church. That, that's, that's fine. I mean, I would change it if I could, but the reality is that's history. And quite frankly, having people challenge what we believe as Christians is good for us, having people pick on us. For example, one of my favorite people uh, today is a man named Christopher Hitchens. You may be familiar with him. He's one of what they call the new atheists. Uh, Christopher Hitchens is dying of cancer right now. I've met him. I like him. Uh, we agree on many, many things politically, but he is a radical atheist who believes everything that I believe as a Christian is false uh, and that I am believing fantasies. Now, I have to tell you that my friendship with him and my and, and reading what he writes is good for me. It challenges me. He brings up issues about, about truth and issues about scholarship that I then have to scurry to answer. And it, and it builds muscles. It's like me playing on the offensive line against a bigger defensive lineman. It makes me bigger. It makes me stronger. It makes me faster. I like that. I don't want to be intellectually lazy about my faith. So I don't mind people challenging me about, about my Christianity. And I think it's good for the church, especially the American Evangelical Church, which is very much a sleepy little, little body of people. Um, what does bother me, though, is the way that many, many evangelical churches, which claim to be orthodox, have embraced Rob Bell's teaching. Now, Rob Bell likes being radical. He likes being kind of the, the naughty boy of evangelicalism. Uh, In Love Wins, for example, he talks about, without any explanation, he mentions the woman who wrote the book of Hebrews. Well, you know, some of you may not really care about this, but those of us who pay attention to these things, it's very obvious that we don't have any idea who wrote the book of Hebrews. It wasn't Paul. It's very different from his style. It was somebody who had an amazing command of Greek. Great. That's that's wonderful. I personally would be thrilled to know a woman wrote uh, Hebrews. I'm, I'm very close to a Christian feminist and think that women should have, you know, roles in everything that the church is about. And I think the Bible teaches that. So the idea that a woman wrote the book of Hebrews wouldn't, wouldn't be anything but good news to me. We just don't have any idea. And for him to assert that a woman wrote the book of Hebrews is like saying a black man wrote the book of Revelation. I'd be thrilled by that too, but we don't have any idea about the skin color of the guy who wrote the book of Revelation. So all that to say... Um, that Rob Bell likes to play around. He also also said, for example, that the book of Genesis is a poem. Well, you know, that's just meant to stir folks up and, and stick a finger in their eye. That's fine with me. But when Rob Bell asserts that all men will ultimately be reconciled to God, that there is no need for salvation in Jesus Christ in this life, that much of the gospel that evangelicals preach um, is uh, not true or not necessary, probably is the better way to say it, he is undermining the very uh, gospel that Christians believe. And I need to say, too, that this is an essential issue uh, because the, the idea that you need to believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the only way, truth, and life, and that if you do not in this life, uh, there is some form of eternal punishment. This is not something that the, the church added later in history. This is not something that Paul even, you know, superglued onto Jesus' theology. Uh, this is what Jesus taught as we have his words in the Gospels. So to disbelieve this is to disbelieve the core of the Gospel. And so it becomes very, very important. Well, 
I, I sat and watched as evangelical churches welcomed this theology. In fact, a church I once pastored uh, sponsored Rob Bell in Nashville. Um, and the pastor got up and claimed that Rob Bell's theology was within the pale of, of Christian orthodoxy. Well, you know, again, a pastor can get up and make part of the theology of his church, whatever he and the leadership of that church choose to believe. But it is an absolutely false statement that Rob Bell's universalism is within the pale of Christian orthodoxy. It's absolutely not. So the reason that I'm, that I'm exercised about this and the reason that I bring it up is that I think that it, it, it is a first skirmish in a larger Gettysburg, in a larger battle that's going to be happening in the days to come. My great concern about Christianity in our generation is not that those outside of the Christian fold are going to reject the gospel. My great concern is that they're going to rewrite the gospel and then that the church in its urge or hunger for cultural relevance and acceptance is going to accept that reworked gospel. And so you understand where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm not that concerned that there are people who might be heretics or people who might be um, disbelieving of what I believe. That's fine. And I spend huge amounts of time with people who do not believe what I believe, from my Mormon racquetball player friends to Muslims to every kind of person. Um, but that's not the issue. I'm not offended by that. What disturbs me are the believers within the church who, who continue to say that they are Orthodox believers but then uncritically drink in what a man like Rob Bell uh, would, would teach. And I think that this is where we're going to have trouble. Uh, I think that churches are going to have to do, as Paul said to Timothy, and watch their life and doctrine closely. Rob Bell's teaching is not some cool little innovation that the young want to believe and, and, fo and follow Rob Bell into the land of cool Christianity. That's not it. Rob Bell's teaching completely undermines the core of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, it's been deemed a heretic by the a heresy by the church. It's been deemed a heresy by most of the major scholars, conservative scholars of our generation. And so, if the church can't look at that and say, you know, this is not something we ought to be taking in uncritically, uh, then the church is not manning the ramparts of Christian teaching and orthodoxy. And therefore, what's going to happen is that we're not going to lose the battle of faith for our generation um, because we, we lose an honest battle. We're going to lose because we allow um, external and internal forces to chip away at the architecture of Christian theology in such a way that the church no longer believes anything of value. And then we'll simply melt and meld into the broader culture. So for those of you who are listening to me who are not Christians and are just, just listen because I talk about religious trends in the culture and, and, and history and so on, great. You now understand what this issue is for evangelicals. For those of you who are, who are listening who are Christians and are evangelicals, it's extremely important that you decide where you are. And it's also extremely important that you attend a church that doesn't just uncritically allow the stream of whatever is popular out there to flow through the church. We know that we've had a trend towards cultural relevance in the Church of Jesus. Uh, we know that we've had a desire to be, you know, seeker-sensitive, as some have said. But this can't mean that we're allowed to dumb down the gospel. And if that's what's happening at your church, if that's what your pastor's doing, or that, that's what your eldership is doing, or that's what your bishop is doing, or whoever it is, um, then I urge you to take a real look at it and decide to be in a church that, that maintains, as Paul wrote, the gospel once for all delivered to the saints. Good to be with you. 